welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. This is episode number 84. Our guest today is Joseph Mawowo, who lives in Lilongwe, Malawi. Joseph is a friend of ours with whom we have worked for about 10 years, and we have appreciated his friendship and knowing him. His roles have included being business manager for LifeNets in northern Malawi, as well as the United Church of God. But also especially, I have Beverly Kubik here with me, my wife, who is the president of LifeNets, who actually has worked probably more directly with Joseph than I have. So I've asked her to be here to kind of chime in and, and speak as she wants. So first of all, Joseph, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much, Victor. And I'm really glad to have me on this podcast. Um, it's a pleasure and an opportunity that um, I've come in contact with you for, I think, for the last 10 years. I've enjoyed the, the journey, and I hope there will be more uh, to come. Thank you very much. Okay. I would just like to say, you know, Joseph will probably tell us a little bit more about, about himself, uh, but because I don't think I could adequately explain all the things that he does, because he has a great depth of experience in his work in, in the community and uh, in his faith, and also how he's communicated and interfaced with LifeNets. Uh, some people may, when you see his name written, you probably say, how do you pronounce that? It takes a little bit of training to pronounce his <laughs> last name. Joseph Chipumfa Mwowo. Uh, normally, I like people just to call me Joseph to, to pronounce. So I prefer people just to call me Joseph, okay. just to make sure that the conversation is much, much freer and much easier for everyone else. Even if you call me Joseph, that's to me, that's fine. Well, Joseph is fine. Actually, on my podcast guests, I almost insist, and not that I totally insist, but those who would like to be called by their first name, uh, I, I like that. I like people to call me by my first name. I know that when I go to Malawi, everybody calls them people by their last name. And sometimes I ask, what's their first name of somebody else? They don't know <laughs> because they've been calling them by their last name. But anyway, here we are with a huge culture change uh, on this podcast. But Joseph holds a Master of Science in Managing Rural and Community Development in Malawi. He's a Bachelor of Science in Business Management, a degree from the Virgin Islands, UK, a Diploma in Project Development from Kenya, and he holds certificates in Sustainable Finance, Integrating United Nations SDGs into National Policy, and Introduction of Sustainable Business Management. I know that he's talked about those things and he's written about them, but he's actually, in the last few years, ever since the COVID days, has written uh, quite a bit about personal leadership and personal responsibility. So I wanted to mention that uh, to you first about who he is and where he's worked, but I would like to have Joseph tell us more about himself and tell us more about how he came into contact with us. Yeah, th thank you very much, Victor. Um, as you have later put it, um, uh, I am from Malawi. My name is actually Joseph Muwowo, and uh, Muwowo is actually pronounced as M-U-W-O-W-O. He has already explained, you have already explained uh, um, what I hold on. But uh, I think the most important thing is not maybe the papers that we hold in life, but what we do with those papers that, that matters most. Mm -hmm. um, 
I've worked in uh, faith-based organizations. I've worked in the private sector. Uh, I've also worked in the NGO sector. So uh, my experience is, is quite large, um, sporting over almost about 30, uh, 30 34 years mm-hmm. in various uh, capacities. Um, one thing that uh, I thank God for is um, he has always given me, given me, given me a challenge uh, because when I, whenever I started my work some time uh, 30 years ago, uh, I happened to be the first person to occupy that office, which means each time I go an organization, I, I'm given that challenge to start something new uh, and uh, move on. Then other people come in and maybe enjoy those fruits. And that's one thing that I thank God for. Um, then um, in 2013, I started to leave the private sector uh, and join the angel sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, by then, it was actually Simpson Foundation, which actually locked me in. And then in the same year, uh, I met the Cubics when they came to visit Malawi. Uh, as by then, uh, Mr. Kubik was actually president of United Church of God. So I met them that time. And maybe, Joseph, uh, tell us a little bit just about how your entry came through Simpson Foundation, because that's how we... Yeah, uh, anyway, um, my coming to Simpson Foundation, is it was actually more of... Um, uh, I actually did not apply for the job at Simpson Foundation. Uh, but someone just called me to say, we're looking for someone who can assist us to set up a chicken feed, feed mill machines. And uh, someone has actually... Uh, referred your name to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was more of a surprise to me because um, as much as I would uh, think that my name was actually out there, but uh, I could not expect someone from USA uh, fly in Malawi and have my contacts. But anyway, those are things that uh, God can also do. So at Simpson Foundation, I met the, um, the then founder, uh, Mr. Howard Davis, uh, with his... Um, executive officer who was Francis Ngopola. Happened, both of them happened to be uh, United Church of God members, uh, Howard being a pastor and uh, Francis being someone who was just uh, landing the Simpson Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, when, when I came into the system, uh, there was a bit of um, arguments uh, because uh, my experience showed that uh, they were not yet led to have a feed mill as they would uh, more depend more on the purchasing of raw materials, mainly the major ingredients like uh, uh, the corn and the and the soya bean, which is our main ingredient. So mm-hmm. I told them, say, as much as he, this ambition is actually correct, but uh, at the time being, as as an organization, you are not le- yet ready. We had to argue a few a few things, and I think that also triggered an interest in both of them to say, he's the, as much as he's looking for the job, but he's also telling us the truth that we're not yet ready. So maybe he's the only person who can tell us how to go. Maybe referring to what the, the Bible said uh, in, 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 in Genesis, uh, where Joseph had to say, okay, uh, yes, you have to do this, you have to do that. And the Pharaoh had to say, well, uh, uh, then you are the person to do it. So my recommendation then was to say, let's go to the farm. Um, let's have uh, the raw materials there. Then we use that as our starting point. Mm-hmm. So that so that's how I came into into Simpson Foundation, and uh, immediately my position changed uh, from um, just an operations man- manager to 
business development manager because now I had to develop how people could go into farm, optimize uh, their production, how they could do the costing and all that uh, goes with co-production. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite that, uh, I am not an agronomist by by profession. But um, based on the experience where I was working, uh, I was able to put a few things together and make sure that we have a good costing. So that's how I joined the Simpson Foundation. Then that and that was 2013 uh, in May. Then in September, the Cubics came to Malawi and um, immediately uh, they have to visit the Simpson Foundation office where I had to explain a few things concerning our operations mm-hmm. and how we're, man- uh, how we're managing our finances. And uh, that automatically triggered an interest in the president, uh, Bivari, to say, uh, we think we need something like this, both at both levels, at the level, and that's also at the church level. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately went into a serious business meeting where um, I was asked to say, okay, can you assist? Um, so at first, the first, first two years, that's 2013, 2014, uh, I came in just to assist uh, how life can learn and make sure that everything is is in place. At the same time, I had to also look at um, how not the Church of God was running its finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in privilege, I said, well, this one, I think, uh, uh, until maybe I get uh, used to what life is doing, then we can link up. Uh, then um, in 2015, uh, uh, Bivali asked me uh, if we could have an office uh, at our church premises, which I gladly accepted, and immediately we started building an office uh, at the church premises in Nirongwe, uh, which of course took a bit of time because it took us almost 18 months, uh, close to that, to make sure that the buildings are and uh, that they are on the sound uh, uh, foundation, which we completed in 2017 July, I remember, and we occupied the offices immediately. That certainly was a big adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big adventure because it's, it was something that um, uh, I think everyone else had uh, a bit of doubts uh, to say uh, this cannot happen, and uh, we have failed several times. Well, but I said, uh, uh, yes, failing is part and parcel of uh, learning, but refusing to rise up, that's the actual failure. So well, let's give it a shot. Well, that's uh, my wife, my wife Beverly. Uh, when you tell her that you can't, it can't be done. That's when she wants to start working on it. <laughs> I was say she was, she was a di- di- dynamo. Bev, you want to comment about that? Well, I don't know what comments I might have on it, except that we began by getting bids and so on, and uh, ended up with a contractor that didn't do us any favors. But uh, we did get the job done eventually, and and uh, it's operating now as not just an office, but three shops. Two are being rented out, I believe, and uh, yes. the other one is an office, and and uh, and we also have a LifeNet's manager there who's running a computer uh, area, yeah. and also, of course, the church meeting hall. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. that's yes. true. That was a part. Of, yes, that so, was a, one end of the church meeting hall. That's true. Yes. So uh, when that ha- when that office was actually uh, completed, and the, after the visit of the Cubics in 2017, 
looking at the output that we had on the office blog, uh, a decision was made almost immediate that, okay, with this type of uh, supervision, we can immediately start building a church hall, which uh, was a challenge uh, looking at the environment then. Uh, but uh, uh, I assured everyone that uh, uh, we'll be able to do it. Uh, of course, there'll be some more hiccups, but uh, uh, not uh, something that cannot be surmounted. So immediately we started building a church wall, uh, a bigger one at uh, uh, just behind the offices. And uh, in 2018, uh, March, it was actually officially opened by uh, Victor Kubik, by then as a president of the uh, United Church of God. Um, then uh, immediately um, a decision was also made to say, okay, looking at what has happened in LifeNets and uh, looking at... Um, how Sisson also run its finances, we recommend that uh, you also look into uh, the finances of uh, United Church of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, he, he, I was a bit hesitant um, to take it up uh, because I need to mention here that uh, as much as I've worked with United Church of God and as much as I understand their uh, doctrine and um, I actually uh, believe that uh, there's truth in in in, in their doctrine. Uh, I'm not a member of them. I'm actually Catholic uh, by uh, by religion. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been I, I was born there. Uh, I think raised up there, and uh, we don't know what God is going to give us in the few years that uh, I'm still on earth. But uh, uh, for the present being, I'm actually Catholic. And uh, one thing that uh, um, maybe I need to just divert a bit, uh, that has made me maybe to stress longer in the Catholic Church. There are two reasons. So, first reason is um, I've been brought up by my grandparents, and both of them were Presbyterian. My father went to Catholic uh, faith because of uh, education. Uh, but these grandparents of mine never uh, forced me to follow them to Presbyterian church. Uh, they could actually literally drive me to my Catholic church uh, and after prayer they would pick me up and uh, home. That's the first uh, pillar that uh, maybe has made me to stay longer in the Catholic church. Then the second uh, reason is that uh, soon after completing my high school um, I got employed in the Catholic church itself and is serving in the highest office of the bishop. Mm-hmm. of the diocese. So that maybe also did it more on my understanding of the church and also uh, how I can work with diverse religions because um, uh, as Catholic Church, we're always encouraged to uh, go into dialogue with other churches and make sure you understand their beliefs and you respect them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was just a, a diverse. But uh, uh, coming back to our story that... Um, as I was asked to look into the finances, uh, though hesitant, but uh, I accepted the challenge because uh, most of the time I've believed that uh, God will only um, put you where you are needed most. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been my my belief, and that's my conviction that God puts you where you are needed most. So sometimes, uh, if you resist, you resist these blessings. So I have to, I have to accept that. So I accepted it in 2018, but with a condition that uh, 
I need to find someone whom I can mentor within the the church cycles mm-hmm. to take over the take over the finances. Uh, which unfortunately um, they have not been able to identify, but I have been able to identify myself within the church members, a, a young a young uh, uh, convent who is intelligent enough, though he's um, uh, he has not gone very far with his education. He only went up to all levels in the Maori standards. Um, but he's someone who is my talented. Uh, he's a, he, he can do carpentry, he can do quite a lot of things. So from January 2023, I started to have a dialogue with him to see if he can learn a few things, mainly on Excel, uh, so that I know whether he can catch up things or not. That was in preparation to say, okay, uh, because you have to make decisions. And if you make decisions, you have to create transition. That's that's good leadership. Always leadership, you need to prepare for your succession. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how a good leader is supposed to be. Whether you're in church, whether you're in secular, or everywhere, you just need to prepare. So I told this young man to take over. And uh, in April, I made a decision that come first January, first, first July, I will not be able to do again uh, United Church of God accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Apart from that, I'm becoming quite occupied with my uh, PhD, but I also wanted to make sure that as I'm still around, someone should be able to take over. They should be able to see that he's progressing. If he needs some trainings, then he should be able to recommend those trainings and make sure that when everything is said and done, you know you have left someone who you are comfortable, you can actually sleep. And they say, okay, you can go on holiday, you can go to a beach. You know that everything is actually up and running wherever you are, rather than leaving tracks uh, that, well, if he was here, he would have done. If Yes, people have to refer to you, but uh, they should not refer to you on everything. Mm-hmm. So this young man, he has actually taken over from uh, 1st July. And uh, so far, uh, I think he has taken uh, a positive step and he is learning quite positively. Uh, I know there'll be a few things that he needs to learn, and uh, I'm still allowed to mentor him and all that. Who but is it? Oh, still, uh, if I could ask, who is that man? He <laughs> <laughs> is called John Chihuahua. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, we sponsored, Lifeness sponsored him on Ecalpente equipment. I saw in him that he has that talent of um, making furniture and whatever, but he didn't have enough equipment uh-huh. to do his job. So I I talked with the uh, the uh, the president of of uh, LifeNet and the, gladly she provided five hundred dollars to him to buy that those equipment. He has been working as a, a watchman uh, and a cleaner at the church. Uh-huh. But is but is someone who, uh, when well mentored, well encouraged, he can go very far with, mm. because he's he's just talented. The boy is just talented. So this he, and he has just joined the church. He only joined last year. Uh-huh. Well, that's yeah. That's that's very interesting. <laughs> you know, you know, Joseph. It's been you know, Beverly and I have worked very directly and personally. You know, with Malawi. In my first uh, connection with uh, Malawi was going back to 1997 when I met the first Malawians in Zimbabwe for the Feast of Tabernacles. And at that time, there were only three people in the church in Malawi, and they were all from Lilongwe. You know, they came down to the Feast of Tabernacles in in, uh, in Mutare, and yes. so that's from that. You know, we see all the growth that's taken place. You know, the church in Lilongwe, mm-hmm. and the church in 
um, <clears throat> in, in Blantyre and also in Quasi. I mean, we've had you know, quite yes. a bit. Plus, we've had people that have gone over to to work uh, in in Malawi. You know, Malawi was somewhat managed by South Africa, but that has, has stopped. And then for a while, I was a regional pastor. But you know, I only came there occasionally. And in fact, it was only like once a year that Bev and I yes. w went to Malawi. And it's very hard to really have a total fix. We really need boots on the ground. We need people on the ground. And you have been one of those people who has been not only a person who has just looked from a distance, but has been very personally involved in the development of the church. We have appreciated that. As you have seen the development of our two elders uh, that have been ordained since you've been there, plus the people that we have come to live from the United States. We've had three couples that have uh, lived there, starting with uh, Ben Osdals that uh, went there and interfaced with you, and then um, you know the, the others who came there as well. So th this is this has been quite a very interesting story about the development of the church. But we can take a look as we stand back uh, as to what God has built and what God has done and what God has and the people whom God has used uh, to develop the community there. Yeah, sometimes you actually wonder um, uh, why God is pushing you to a certain area. And uh, I, I have been a witness where God pushes me on the cliff and uh, he just hangs me around and says, okay, just have a look and see what you can do and where you can land. Then when I land there, uh, I see a lot of graces uh, of, of, of his, uh, uh, of him saying, mm -hmm. okay, I, I brought you here because of this. And uh, there are actual signs say, okay, fine. Uh, this is the action I've taken. This is what you have achieved. This is the action you need to take now. And uh, through meditation, through prayer, uh, and a bit of reflection, um, I'm able to see uh, what actual God um, had, had put both in you and maybe in, in me and all those that were actually interacted with uh at the Church of God level and also at the lifeness level. So, yeah, uh, that's all the purpose of God, and we just have to thank Him for for that. Well, we have LifeNets. You know, is one way of looking at it is an organization that helps people, but it's also been one that's brought people together. I mean, we we wouldn't have really connected with you if it wasn't for you know through the Simpson Foundation, through uh, that morphing into your working for LifeNets. And then also even helping the church, you have been just very, very wonderful. We have appreciated your accounting skills. And I'll have to say, George, uh, uh, Joseph, you know, as I say this to everybody else, I have appreciated your expertise and professionalism. Your reports, you know, your accounting reports have been just so pro so professionally done. You know, your use of the most modern, most advanced software, you know, the QuickBooks and everything. We we have we have thoroughly appreciated that from. 12,000 kilometers away. Thank, thank you very much. But we, most of all, I think we need to thank God to have connected us because uh, as much as I've offered the, the service to lifeness and the of God, I've also learned a few things uh, from uh, both lifeness and the, the United Church of God. Of course, lifeness is motto is to help other people help themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, that's his motto. But now, uh, when we look at that motto, how do we look at it? Do we look at, at the material face or we look at the human face as it is? Mm -hmm. uh, if we look at the material face, then you find that uh, sometimes that motto is not 100% fulfilled. But if we look at the human face, 
then we can go very far. Why, why, why am I saying this? Um, when people walk in my office as the first contact person, uh, first thing, okay, most of them will just come in and say, okay, fine, uh, I've, I've been selected to college, I need this, I need that, I need that, which is true. And uh, they're given forms, they're filled with them, which most of them, they don't understand them. Mm-hmm. And even if you explain to them, sometimes they may not understand it. And uh, you have to sit back and say, okay, fine. Uh, why do you want to do So now it's like you are trying to mentor someone to say, okay, you are going to college, yes. You are going to do this course, yes. Of what benefit is it? Once you pose that question, you find that uh, people are taken aback. You say, what, what, what is he talking about? I'm going to university here and he's saying, what benefit is it? He is a graduate himself. Why is this asking this question? So people become curious and they sit back and say, let me maybe just listen. So you tell them, well, going to college is one thing, but making use of your certificate will be totally different thing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So w- when you are going to college, make sure you are also thinking of life after the uh, the college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what actually has triggered me uh, to start writing that those experiences when I trig- I chat with the scholars, when I reflect on my own experience, then you find that life in it is not only just about getting a scholarship. It's not only just about getting livelihoods, uh, financing, but it's also having a human face mm-hmm. uh, to say, okay, you may not have the money to assist people, but as long as you're able to talk to them and uh, of listen, having a listening ear, give them some advice. To me, I think that's more has more impact than uh, giving the material because some people can can get one million today, tomorrow they will squander it, and they will not even point at what they've done. And Joseph, we give... so appreciate the fact that you have been a mentor to many of the of the scholars, and and uh, this has been so helpful, just with what you're talking about right now of guiding them. Yes and helping them to realize their potential. So when yes. we do offer a scholarship, um, mm-hmm. we, we love to see them succeed, and that's you, you've been very helpful in that. And also yes. in just keeping, yeah. keeping the records, keeping the records. We have confidence in you to, that you have been very honest with us, and, and uh, that's invaluable. Sure. Thank you. Uh, uh, so I'll say that if, if you if I offer advice, it may not actually have any meaning at that particular time. But I've seen uh, in the past uh, 10 years I've been with these scholars, some have actually come back to me and say, I wish, I wish I'd listened to what you had said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because they've graduated, but now it's like the paper is more useless because they cannot secure a job. So I said, yeah, the issue, that's what the issue I'm talking about, that you being a graduate is no guarantee that you're going to get a job. But if you get a job, fine, that's okay. But think of other things that you can make use of of your, of your certificate. That's the first thing. Second thing is, are you making an impact, you as a life uh, beneficiary, are you making an impact with your community? Because your community looks at you and you are there as life face. Now, unless and unless people are able to see a change in you, in behavior, not only interaction, but in behavior, mm-hmm. in how you interact with people, that has more impact 
than the actual degree or certificate or diploma you got. Absolutely. So, yeah. So to me, that's how I have interpreted the helping people to help themselves. That's how I've interpreted, and the, that's the strategy uh, normally I've taken. So when someone comes in my office, uh, if it's a parent that is coming in my office, I say, my ward or my son, my daughter has, has been, has been said to, to school. Then I'll have a dialogue with the, the parent as well. So, okay, what is your child going to take? It was, okay, he's going to take uh, agri-economics. Agri- so if I, why? Then we start discussing those, then you find that maybe the parent who has a role to play on the choice of the of the of the of the child or of the scholar. So you find that uh, lifeness, if you are saying helping people to help themselves, we're not only looking at the material part, we should also be able to look at the human face, which includes the parents, the community, and the scholar uh, himself. So that has been my journey uh, mm-hmm. in, in lifeness. And that's what uh, I would like to see uh, in the next uh, maybe five, five, six years, because uh, we are, we have we have started having graduates now in in universities. I think this is the third year we're having graduates from universities, and I would like to see them how they are doing. Let's say five years down the line, mm-hmm. uh, are they are they able to stand on their own sustainably, despite that maybe they are struggling on the in on their works or they are struggling to get a job or they are struggling to get uh, a livelihood? How far have they gone? And where do we need to assist? Because livelihood is very there, yes, but we should be assisting where we feel someone has actually made an effort and we know, okay, with this effort, if we do that, then definitely that will push that person further. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's how I'm looking at the uh, lifeness. And uh, that's what I would like to see most graduates that have, are graduating. Well, now I think it will be good. every year there will be graduates. <laughs> this year we had, we had, I think we had one graduate. Last year we had two graduates. Oh, this year we have two graduates. Last year I think we had three. Next year we may have one uh, in the wrong way. Uh, the other year we may have another one. Uh, and if I think every year for the next five years we may, have, we may be having one, one, one graduate unless something happens in between. Mm-hmm. But us. That's my my vision, and that's how I would like LifeNet uh, to move, mm-hmm. having both the material and the human face. Uh, the human face is more important because we are actually changing someone there. The human face really has been something that you have helped develop, but also Beverly. I mean, she has uh, made LifeNet the organization that really has a huge heart for people rather than just uh, an aid organization, just uh, casting money, but the projects have all been involving people and dreams and outcomes and study of those outcomes. And as a result, mm-hmm. you know, people come, they change their status. You know, they change the status from being impoverished to being those mm-hmm. who have, uh, like you said from the beginning, who have been able now to help others. And that, that has been a great yeah. jo- joy to us. I, we, I, I strongly feel that, you know, Christ's ministry was composed of three parts, you know, it was preaching, teaching, and also uh, helping people, healing. And I, I feel like that's an important part of what we uh, ought to be doing. Joseph, maybe you could comment, too, a little bit. 
I know that we're kind of coming to the end of our time here and haven't even broached the subject that I think that you want to talk about a little bit more and I would like to talk about. We'll have to save that for another episode. But I know that you have had a dream uh, yourself, you know, and we have explored it and we've kind of financed some aspects of it. I know that you are from northern Malawi. Lalangwe is right in the center. And uh, Lalangwe, I mean, the whole country of Malawi is seven, 800 miles north to south, and, and you're from way in the north, Rumfi, uh, in, the Mazuzu, yes. in the Mazuzu area. Uh, can you comment yes. a little bit about some of your dream, and then we'll kind of uh, save that for another time. But uh, tell us a little bit about it at this point. Yeah, every, 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 every person has, uh, has a dream of some kind, and uh, uh, that dream, you can dream, and uh, we have all dreamed dream. We have dreamed dreams, but uh, realizing those dreams... Uh, it's totally a different thing. I've been brought up in uh, an education stroke uh, farming family. Uh, basically, my my grand my, my grandparent was an educationist, and uh, he, he was also an an agriculturalist. Mm-hmm. So it's like I learned I learned both uh, as I was growing up. But uh, my my passion was mainly to uh, to have a school or to have uh, at least some sort of an education where you are, I'm actually parting my own experiences because it's one of the philosophers actually said we need to turn our experience in education materials for a sustainable generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, most of the the best uh, education you can give to people is to share your own experiences. So that actually made me to have uh, uh, a dream of uh, education. Of course, I knew that um, uh, it, will come, it may come a time when uh, maybe you are too old to, to think uh, ahead of times and maybe sit down and write and all those things. Then I said, okay, fine. Uh, we, I also need to leave something for my children because the education part is my brains. And uh, if I go today, uh, sure, uh, I, I'm not sure who I, which one of the two, because I only have two children, a daughter and a son, uh, which of the two will be able to pick up uh, the um, my, my my dream? So we said, okay, fine. Let's have an alternative as a retirement package. Uh, let's have a farm uh, or a land where we can actually do the farming and the, or other things. So, um, like enough, the uh, the education part uh, is is there now. It's running. Uh, people are able to book on my uh, website. Uh, they click there if they book it. It go to my email. If they want to purchase a book from there, it it comes straight to my WhatsApp. Then we start conversating. Then I'll send them an uh, electronic copy after paying. Mm-hmm. Some are actually coming. Some are actually coming for actual actual mentoring to say okay, because I've seen so many books on my, on my website, and uh, they've been wondering uh, what actually goes in 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 my head when I when I coin those uh, uh, titles, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue of okay, uh, personal development, the mindset approach. Then someone said, "What were you thinking?" Uh, then there was this the triangle of life, living a purposeful life. Mm-hmm. I said, "What are you thinking?" I said, "Well, we all have dreams. It comes back to them. We all have dreams, but those dreams they need to have a purpose in life." So for the for the first dream, uh, that one, I think we are we are done. Uh, we are there. Mm-hmm. The second dream uh, was not actually an immediate one. 
but it had to be triggered by something else. And that's why in the beginning I said, sometimes God give, puts you somewhere to just just to see how best you can you, you can maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this. We have bought this land. It's about five five acres um, up north, and there's a house. There's uh, a few things, but uh, me and my wife did not have an immediate uh, plan to say, "Okay, we're going to do this." This we just put someone there, and uh, that's it. We'll be figuring out as we move along. Then after the graduation of my my son, uh, uh, he has graduated in the development development studies. Uh, he said. I want to experience some village life. So I said, okay, fine. So I sent him home and uh, he stayed about two weeks with his grandparent. He comes back and then he asks me, what plans do you have for that, that farm? I said, as of now, no, we'll just be farming and whatever. Well, that's that's it. And then he, he comes to my desk and say, dad, this is what I was thinking. Then that triggered now my my second dream. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. I have been brought up in a, in a farming, in a farming uh, environment. I think there's a lot that we can do here. But also, now I had to trigger uh, the knowledge I had in the Simpson Foundation, the knowledge I had at the Central Portrait, uh, one of the companies that I worked for so long. I said, yeah, I think there's a lot that we can do here. But now, uh, immediately, I don't have finances. He said, well, finance will be fine. It will be found. So let's just keep playing. But I'm moving. So you moved there. And uh, like enough... Um, uh, life has provided finances for an initial borrow and, and the, the the solar power to make sure that this at least this power mm-hmm. and the, the first results of first year uh, have actually lingered or have actually rekindled the dream of going into farming and into full time farming. Mm-hmm. However, as I've said, that uh, the policy of life is okay assist people. To assist themselves. Here I am with the flow of knowledge in a rural community where this modern technology of farming is not there. Mm-hmm. Which means the dream of assisting people to assist themselves, I think, is still coming back. Mm-hmm. And th- thanks to lifeness, because lifeness, that's what they are, they are doing. And that's what they have actually uh, been teaching. And I actually like dramatize that in myself. So, okay, fine. Let me look at this farm. Let's look at the community. Let's how best we can transfer the technology. So it's like I'm carrying the LifeNet banner into a different angle to say, you people, just be observing what we are doing here. If you want some advice, we are available. Mm-hmm. We, can do it. we can do it. That's the first thing. Second thing, we noted that uh, this area uh, is w- more water starved. So we bought, we, we drilled a borehole, a shallow well, and we just asked the community, you can be using this. So it's like we're still living that dream of happiness to say, people, you just, whatever you have, let other people enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. So the moving forward with this dream, uh, we are in the first year, we have done what we could do, but we feel there's more. Uh, that we can do on this on this uh, land, and we feel we can actually create what they are calling green villages. Uh, mm. Green villages. These are villages which are zero carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means uh, you don't waste anything, you cycle everything, 
you don't cut down trees. You don't deal as supposed to, to be done. And you plant out of trees. And if you want to cook, you use either briquettes or use uh, biogas. Well, that certainly so that's, has been a big problem uh, in Malawi that all the forests yes. have been stripped and turned yes. to charcoal. And that's caused yes. water to wash away earth and yes, yes. Uh, mm. have resulted. And mm. uh, just the environment has been destroyed. Mm. Yeah. So so the, 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 the dream is that, okay, we are going to turn this into a, one, into a farm school. Um, and they make sure that the village that we are, we are in is a green village. Mm-hmm. We understand that um, it's um, a long journey. It may not be easily achieved, but uh, it's, it's something that is achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's something that is achievable, and uh, we know that um, our plan or the plan is that uh, in, at least in the fourth year, we should be able to see the early uptakers uh, to start performing. Because currently, we have uptakers, yes, but they're not yet there yet because they're still observing what, what we're doing. And that is giving us um, um, an impetus to make sure that uh, we do to the best we can do using maybe, the, of course, the resources that we have, they're not, they're not be enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever also we have at our disposal, mainly through the selling, the selling of uh, what we are growing, because we, are, we have actually narrowed ourselves to vegetable farming. Now, jo- Joseph, it, Joseph, how uh, can people find out more and uh, learn more? I'm going to put as much information as I can, you know, in summary mm-hmm. form, on the notes accompanying this podcast. But would you yes. say going to the website would uh, get them uh, overall? look and feel of what you're talking about is your future on the website they may not get actually the actual uh if as i'm because the website is done particularly for education purposes how https uh colonies for for starch dev center the center of re mw.org now when they go there um they should just say book for a meeting Mm-hmm. Now, once they once they book for a meeting, definitely they have to ask what they want me to discuss them with. So they can either discuss issues possibly education, or uh, what I've just said. To say mm-hmm. okay, the dream the dream of of, of having a a, a a field school a graduate field school. Mm-hmm. Then there there we can discuss because it's actually there. Just to book a meeting, then they should be able to. To get me, it will go straight to my email. Then I will confirm it. We can arrange for the Zoom meeting or Google Meet, whichever they are, they are comfortable with. Then we'll be able to discuss. Yeah, that's uh, certainly you know interesting. It takes a little bit to understand what it is, and that to have it sink in, and to have mm-hmm. people of different cultures on different sides of the globe to, to mm-hmm. be able to see the value, but mostly seeing the value of what the outcomes would be for the people, you know, in Malawi. Mm-hmm. Bev, any comments? No, I think you you wrote up some of that, so that would be a start too, as far as uh, what you might put on online, as far as what what he's doing. Yeah, I think the or what the dream is. Yeah, and you know, have it available to people could at their leisure uh, be able to uh, look at it and study it and, and know more about it. Yeah, 
also there's also a block a block um a blogging um uh, page where I'm actually I've actually written a, a few things about about the farm mm-hmm. uh, and and generally conservation agriculture. Uh, I've written quite a few a few articles. I think there are about four or five of them uh, on on that on the same. So, um, but when the first it, it can be deceiving because when they first look at the the web page, they will actually look at this. Basically, we have said if you want anything inspirational, hear the page. Mm-hmm. So, so they will look at the box. If they go on my YouTube, they will get the mindset issues, uh, mindset change issues, and what have you. The daily quotes there are many philosophical, usually, which actually drives me mainly uh, as I move along the along the day. Uh, then, when they go at book the meeting, there that's when uh, we, they can know more. Uh, mm-hmm. But just going through the website, they should be able to pick one or two things of what I want to explain. Yeah. You know, Joseph, it's just been really great talking to you in the, this kind of introductory uh, for, <laughs> f- format here on the podcast. I like podcasting because you can could talk back and forth. And I just appreciate very much uh, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, just getting to know you. We feel very, very blessed in getting to know you and, and the working that we've done together and the mentoring and the advice that you have you know, given us and also how we have been a blessing to you, and that's been wonderful. So uh, in these 10 years, we have certainly learned uh, a lot. Bev, any comments that you would like to make? I'm not thinking of anything right now, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sorry. We, we need to follow up on you, Joseph. I know you have written to us about moving forward with your dream. Maybe we can help a little bit more, but uh, I think it's something that has to develop over, over time. Okay, Joseph. Any other final comments? No. Um, first of all, I need to 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 thank you uh, to have taken me on board on this uh, podcast. Um, it has been a uh, a wonderful experience, and uh, I think we've shared a lot. Uh, I know uh, there was a lot that to talk, and uh, I think more people should be should get ready for this second op- episode, where we'll talk more on the uh, the lighting uh, or the the talent that I have, that God has actually given me, where I can actually coin a a, a, a topic and start writing a book out of it. Um, just just for curiosity's sake, uh, the next episode I think we'll be talking more on the books that I've I've authored. Right. But uh, I, for I, today, I, uh, I have really been impressed with your writing. I mean, when you read it, it flows along so well. You're, you're a very gifted writer. Yes, thank you very much. So, so next, next, I think on next episode we'll talk more on the books that uh, I've actually written. Uh, almost five of them. Uh, three are already out. Two that are still being uh, um, uh, being edited. Uh, the the Christian one is more theological. So people have actually most people most priests are interested to go through it and give their own comments. So I will leave it to that. Then the other one also should be able to to, to come out. Uh, shortly, but uh, it's something that uh, uh, I've chosen to 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 do uh, maybe for the rest of of my life. Uh, but uh, to the audience, thank you very much uh, to listen to this. See you next time. Thank okay. you. Bye. Thank you very much. We really enjoyed having you, and may God bless you in your work. Thank you for listening to us today on the Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including. Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, 
Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. So we'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more. <laughs>